I was in a coma for six weeks while the doctors told my wife I was going to die. When I woke up, she told me the most fantastic story. My team kept running the business without me. Freelancers reached out to my team and said, we will do whatever it takes as long as Craig's in the hospital. I consider that the greatest accomplishment in my career. My name is Craig Andrews, and this is the Leaders and Legacies podcast, where we talk to leaders creating an impact beyond themselves. At the end of today's interview, I'll tell you how you can be the next leader featured on this show. All right, I want to welcome Yannick DaCosta. She is a Jamaican-born graphic designer and entrepreneur with a passion for advocating for diversity and inclusivity in the design industry. Yannick holds a BA in fine arts from the Florida Atlantic University and a MFA, I think that's a Master of Fine Arts in Media Design from Full Sail University. As the founder and owner of YKMD, Yannick has over 13 years of design experience and has been recognized as an expert in brand development and graphic design by the United States Department of Labor. She was engaged as a consultant for the federal Zero Net program, showcasing her exceptional skills in the field. Today, Unique is a podcast guest, but she also has her own podcast. It is the Adventist 365. Unique, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Craig. Really, really appreciating it. Yes, that is a master's in fine arts. It's one of those one of those weird things that we don't typically have in our industry. Well, let me not say that. Not too many people have them, so I got to pat myself on the back for that one. But thank you so much for having me. Super happy to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here. I've been looking forward to it. Now, first off, will you decode YKMD? Yes, so... It's really hilarious. So the first thing I need to do before I even explain, I started this business like in college, right? So the entire thing is a vanity like name. It, it does not mean anything. The name of the company is YKMD and that's it. And the only reason why is that's how it's registered. That's how it's marketed. That's how we talk about it because YKMD is literally just my name. So Yannick Kimberly and Midnight DaCosta, which is kind of hilarious sometimes. Because when I used to service people in the medical industry, they always just assumed that it was like something like medical related. Like, oh, she just adds MD in there because, you know, it has something to do with medicine. But no, it's really just a vanity name. <laughs> that's, you know, that's pretty slick. That's like a, that's like the instant credibility boost. You know, there's a, right? <laughs> there's a, there's a digital marketing company called the, uh, what is it? The Internet Marketing Ninjas. And back in the day when you could work your, keywords into your domain name it just boosted them to the top on any search on internet marketing right but to sneak in a md into your company name uh have it be totally legit uh but sort of on the slide that i i i have to admire that yeah i i i appreciate myself for it too <laughs> <laughs> um well neat very neat well i mean so Let's break it down just in simple language. So I gave you know the formal bio. What, what do you do? Who do you help and how do you help them? So I do a couple of things, right? Like if we want to talk about from like a general leadership perspective, but I think 
I think where we can really start is the graphic design firm that I own. It's again called YKMD. And it is a uh, graphic design firm that works with corporate event planners and trade show marketers who need design assets to make their events go. And it works best for two kinds of people. And when you hear it, you're going to be like, wait, what? But it's absolutely true. It works best for these two kinds of people. So one, either in-house corporate organizations with like their internal marketing department and even internal graphic designers who just don't have the bandwidth to get everything done or maybe they want to have something executed for like, you know, a product launch or a trade show or for an event that they're putting together and they just don't have that skill set in house. So they reach out to us because we you know we work for like a month to month basis or a contracted organization. So a corporation might hire this corporate event planner or marketer to come into their organization for a bit and like make magic happen. Then they contract us for the designs because they don't have a design department in-house, but they need those resources for a short amount of time to help them make their magic happen. And the bright side for both of those groups of people is that we're, again, we're a month-to-month service and they don't have to be locked in for 12 months, six months, three months. They're just like, hey, you want to work with us in May? Cool. You want to work with us in June? Cool. You want to work with us again in December? Just shoot an email and magic happens. <laughs> so how'd you get into graphic design? When when did it start and how'd you know it was your thing? So I got into graphic design, I guess, when I was in high school a bit. So my my majors, or let me not say my majors, the subjects I focused on, one of them was art. And it was really just like, yeah, you need, you could go do a fun subject. So I did the quote unquote fun subject, according to my family. And then I moved to America and then went to this place called like Dillard High School, which they had a magnet program and their focus was on um, performing arts. And one of the performing arts was a graphic design track. So leaned in the air and I kind of only really leaned in there because I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this art thing, I, I probably need to to lean on something that could somehow manage to like sweep me into this, the standard um, idea of success in corporate America. So that's actually how I ended up leaning in there. But like, I really just like to draw and paint and make pretty stuff. But <laughs> then I was like, okay, well, how do I turn this draw and paint and liking pretty stuff into helping people solve a real problem that they're willing to pay money for? Got it. Got it. Um, I started early when I was in high, uh, in sixth grade. I would draw uh, little images in water-soluble um, um, ink, and I'd sell them as tattoos. I was selling them in the back of the uh, my classroom. Uh, the teacher thought I was artistic. When she, when she figured out I was running a business, she shut it down. Um, but that was kind of the end of my art career. I, I, I have... Tr- I draw ugly stick figures these days. First of all, your teacher totally killing your entrepreneurial journey. Like, I don't love that for you, but it's fine. I don't think any like formal institution is really built to encourage entrepreneurship. They go, go to school, learn this thing. And then by the way, go find a job. Don't start your own thing and become amazing. (laughs) So how'd you, how'd you stumble into entrepreneurship? Uh, So it was out of need, right? So Going through college, the fun stuff, I could not find an internship to save my life. Uh, It was like massively hard. And I don't know if it's because I was not like properly indoctrinated into what it meant to find an internship and like how to like 
function in that way in a new country, but I couldn't find one. And I was like, well, I need to figure out another way to build a portfolio of real world um, designs that weren't just created in my classroom for like whatever. So I would go out. I'm I'm Jamaican, right? Like you guys know this. But yeah, I would so so you're born in Jamaica. You moved uh-huh. to the United States. Where are yeah. you now? I'm in Jamaica. <laughs> so you just went right back. Yes, I did. A, I did a full circle. I did a full circle. Uh, okay, so then I I would go out, right? I, Jamaicans do to like these parties because you know Jamaicans like the excitement. We, I acknowledge this, and so as I was going to these parties, I was like, wait a minute. Who does these like promotional pieces? Like who does these graphics? I really started off like doing like club flyers and party flyers for like the local like events and nightclubs around the town. And then for like the sororities and fraternities, because I was president of my sorority and I was like, wait, why am I not doing this? And, you know, I would charge them a little dollar and then, you know, they would send it my way. And then over time, that portfolio pushed me into corporate America where I got the experience of what it meant to create promotional material for like, you know, brand launches and like corporate events and trade shows and all of these things. And then eventually, again, that translated back into me deep diving into it full time. So I was like running this business and then working in corporate America and then went back to running the business after I learned all the things I needed to learn. So what prompted you to leave corporate America? Oh, that was also not a choice. That was just a, <laughs> that was just a, Hey, you've been laid off five times. It's probably time for you to take control of this situation. It's is this is, this is ridiculous. Like there was a time where I worked at a company for three months and then got laid off. Like the man walked in, like it was going really well. I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy a new car. Cause you know, that's what you do when you start making like obnoxious amount of money. Um, You just spend stuff. I do not advise. That's not good advice. Um, But my boss walks in, actually the director, like, cause the director was in New York. We were in Miami. The director flew in and then he gathered all of us in this tiny office. And then he said, Hey guys. Um, Again, this is three months after I'm hired. Hey guys. Um, well, we lost our biggest contract, so we're going to let everybody go except for this person. What? And it was like, you thought it was like a joke almost because you're like, wait, huh? Wait, what? Yeah, and then they gave us like a little, like not great severance, but like, you know, like a month and then we went on our way. But I decided that I I, I didn't want to be in scenarios where I couldn't fully control um the cash coming in or out of my life. So, you know. You know, and, and that kind of that kind of steers us into the whole discussion of leadership. You know, I just I, I think about the type of company that would bring somebody in, I, and then three months later say, "Sorry, you know, we no longer have a place for you." Um, I don't think they thought it through. What What do you think's behind that? I mean, how did how did that happen? On so so my my general observation, which is really random. Again, I'm going to stare you off course. So last week, I actually had dinner with one of my bosses that laid me off. Really great guy. He loves me. I love him. It's all great. Um, But something that we all within like the marketing industry and the corporate marketing industry know that like if the if the sales numbers tilt even a little bit, a company's instinctual response is to get rid of the marketing department and then the highest paid ones. And to be honest, I always came in at the top because I was a real savage when it came to negotiating my salary. Like you weren't giving me the crumbs. So I was just like, all right, well, 
let's just cut her and cut her and cut her and then let's outsource to a freelancer which the irony of it is i would often be one of those freelancers blow my mind yeah blow my mind you know and it's it's something that breaks my heart you know and i you know as we've been moving into whatever we want to call this economy some people are calling it a recession some people say it's not a recession don't care about the argument i think most people would say this is not a fun economy to be in right now. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting as having a conversation. So I have some like general goals, right? And, and so when I'm looking at this year, like this year's revenue, and I'm like, oh, this is actually not as great as it, I was expecting. Like this, this is not even tracking with like the last three years of growth. And so I, I was really like vulnerable. I had that conversation with someone and they're like, this is like one of my clients. And she's like, you need, this is everybody. And I'm like, what do you mean? So then I started asking more people, apparently everybody's income looks like trash right now. And I didn't even recognize it because I'm also, I'm one of those people who I'm not really, I'm not really tuned into the fact that it's a recession, which is really horrible. I'm kind of just yeah. like, what can I do to make the dollars come through the door by adding value to people's lives? It's just where I'm at. You know, and that's so key. I, I was going to go somewhere else, but I want, to, I want to touch on something you just said about adding value to people's lives. I I think that's so powerful. I think that's so important. And when I think about what businesses are talking about, how many businesses are saying the words that you just said? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not checking, to be honest. Um well, you know what? There is a business. Um, no, you know what? Okay, maybe a couple. So like, you know, we were talking about Alex Ramosi. He says that all the time when it comes to like acquisition.com. And maybe because I follow him that I've also indoctrinated that. Um, when I think about uh, an organization called Start, Grow, Manage, like they're amazing in terms of cultivating relationships and and, and environments. Um, considering that I'm the thought leader within the Graphic Artists Guild, uh, cause I'm, I'm the president, which I'm not sure we talked about. I'm the president of that organization. It's a, um, it's a trade association, a national trade association for graphic artists. And that's kind of a big thing for us. But again, I don't know if that's not separate from me. So that's probably still me talking, Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like, I feel like that's the only way that any of any business can really thrive is to decide that it's not just about how much money they're bringing in, but what value they're delivering. And because of that value that they're delivering, people are willing to pay for it. They're like, oh, no, this is how you're like solving my problems. This is how you're changing my life. This is how you're making real impact for me and for my business. And so I want to reciprocate by giving you money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it just, it's so important. You know, I think if if you're not thinking in the perspective of bringing value to your customers' lives, you've got a rocky road ahead. For sure. And and maybe you have a you, you know, maybe you're riding a tremendous brand that everybody loves, and they're willing to stick with that brand. You know, think of it about you know turning the battleship um, or the the aircraft carrier. You know, it takes whatever a mile to turn a you know an <laughs> aircraft carrier. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a big company with a lot of momentum, yeah, it keeps moving forward. But the day you stop adding value uh, to people, that's the day, that's that's kind of the beginning of the end. 
but but let's so let's jump back to leadership. Um, okay. So now you have your your own gig, and I, I forgot to ask you: Do you have employees? I do, and they're amazing. So my employees function from a very different perspective, right? So like they function as uh, kind of like their own boss. Um, they have very specific milestones that they have to meet and they have very specific uh, goals and objectives in order to make sure that we're properly serving the client, but they're independent contractors that just happen to work 40 hours a week. Okay. So let me ask this, you know, in the context of you getting laid off, you know, three months after starting a job and a lot of companies out there who are, you know, they're seeing what everybody else is seeing, you know, the sales are a little bit harder. The economy's not moving as well. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting there thinking about doing cuts or making changes. What would be your advice as somebody who's ridden both sides of that fence? So um, I actually had a completely different organization. So let me give you some context too. So I know we talked about like YKMD, right? But like I, I recently started like a, a charity, which is um, it's called the AKS um, Fund. And that's like a charity that uh, provides scholarships to uh children in Jamaica, well, not children, but the people in Jamaica who want to get a formal education in art or music or something in between. And then I'm the president of the Graphic Artist Guild, which we already talked about. Then I'm the vice president of the International Council of Design, which is another like global organization that's um, an aggregate of um, design organizations like under one hub. And I've had to lay people off before, right? Like that's it's a it's an unfortunate part of certain things, especially when you're coming in and you're taking over from previous leadership and you have to take some corrective measures to make sure that the organization as a whole is functioning. The first thing that I always think of is like these people are human beings, right? So understanding that they're human beings, how is what is the best way that we can position them for success even after they've left us? So being mindful of doing things like giving them a heads up, like, hey, this is the current state of the organization and we might have to make some transitions. Now, people are human, like we said, right? And a part of the human experience is to then like protect yourself and want to make some adjustments yourself. And maybe, maybe they're, you know, on your clock looking for jobs at the same time when, you know, they're really supposed to be at a meeting. But giving giving them the level of transparency so that they can prepare themselves, right? Versus thinking the very worst of them, that they're not going to come to work and show up and do what they're supposed to do. Um, additionally, also being um, being kind about some kind of severance if you have the financial ability to do so. If it means that, um, you know, leadership might have to take a little pay cut for a couple of months in order to facilitate that, I think that's a really great way to go. It's not always ideal, but I think it's the best way for people to be able to walk away from your organization, remembering that you treat them like a human being. Uh, I think those are my, those are my two big things. Ooh, my other one. Okay, this is the last one giving feedback in real time. So please don't wait until people's 90 day reviews to tell them that they're at the bottom of the pile. Like if you are managing a department or managing a team, like have regular touch points. So whether that's weekly or monthly where someone can really express their feelings and emotions about their role in a very transparent way. And that you can both give each other feedback, like, Hey, unique, you really suck. Like, Oh, okay. Well, how can I be better as your boss? Like, let me know that kind of thing um, and vice versa. So that when things come around, like people had a real opportunity to improve so that they could continue to add value to the business versus just like being, you know, sideswiped, like 
man, they didn't even let me try. Yeah, that's and that's good advice. Let me ask you this. Um, can you think of a time, you know, it's one of these white knuckled moments where you feel like your leadership was put to the test. You had to make a decision. It was a scary decision. You weren't sure how it would work out. What happened? So I have, I think I have two decent stories and one of one of them is a, not as like PG as the other one, but it's, it's still really hilarious. So the first one that I can think of is having to adjust the business model. So my team, more so like one of my team members who like, I really trust their opinion and their feedback, especially when it comes to like how the business is structured and how we're running was just like, Hey, like, I think that we can improve how we're servicing our clients. And it was really, it was really stressful for me because it was really challenging me and my choices, right? My choices for the business that I had made. And this was predating their, um, them being employees and, or more so like a member of the team. And I decided to go ahead and make the adjustments, right? Uh, Maybe not the maybe not the exact adjustment that they shared, but make adjustments around their suggestion. And I think it's actually going significantly better for us in terms of like our ability to service our clients really well. Like I think that's been our efficiency has significantly improved our, how we communicate with our clients have improved and like we were already doing really well. So I'm really happy about that, but also I had to do some like internal work and just be like, do not take this personally unique doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Doesn't mean that you're stupid. Doesn't mean that your business doesn't work. It doesn't mean that there's room for improvement. And sometimes when you're too close to it and you've been in it for so long, you don't realize that there are ways to improve. So it was really nice to get a fresh perspective and for us to apply that feedback. You know, something I learned somewhat recently, uh, Steve Jobs did not invent the iPad or the iPod, which led to the iPad. Yes. He hired the guy who did. And that yeah. sounds like what you did. You hired, you're the one who was smart enough to hire this person who made your organization better. Yeah, And I think that's a great story to share because that is leadership. If you're the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room. You, you need I, to- I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Unique, this has uh, been a lovely conversation. We were unfortunately out of time. I, um, you're such a delight to t- chat with. Um, I know we were talking earlier. So the, you know, the economy's tough. You know, things are tight. You have, you said you're willing to meet with people for 60 minutes to optimize how their 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 marketing effort to help them figure out, you know, are they focusing on the right things or not. Uh, and that's just incredibly generous. How how would people reach out and get that? And how would they reach out and contact you? Yeah, so what they would have to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give you a link. Gosh, I really should have it top of mind. But if you head over to the ykmd.com, which is T-H-E-Y-K-M-D, and then you decide you book um, a demo in the notes section of the demo, just let me know that you heard about us from this show and it will go ahead and extend that time and adjust it to a consultation instead of like a demo of our business. So we'll be doing a deep dive into your business, trying to make your situation more efficient and more impactful. Like people ask me all the time, like, 
Yannick, how like how how are these marketing efforts going? Like we're really impressed. Like we love your emails. Oh my gosh, we love your graphics. Like we love that you're able to create like a hundred pieces like within like 30 days, all these things. And so what we basically do is look at how you guys are doing your marketing fulfillment, how you guys are building out your assets and trying to set it up in a way where it is seamless and efficient, almost mimicking how we do it in-house for us, because that's the way we know it works. And we've tweaked it around a bit. So, Okay. So we will include the link, but mm -hmm. I just have a feeling that if somebody Googled YMKD visual communications, um, oh, YKMD. Yeah. I have a funny feeling you're going to pop up <laughs> right at the top. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens. That happens. Well, Unique, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for being on Leaders and Legacies. It was my pleasure, Craig. Thanks so much for having me. This is Craig Andrews. I want to thank you for listening to the Leaders and Legacies podcast. We're looking for leaders to share how they're making impact beyond themselves. If that's you, please go to alliesforme.com slash guest and sign up there. If you got something out of this interview, we would love you to share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show, including the hashtag Leaders and Legacies. I love seeing your posts and suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss anything, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to my team. If you want to know more, please go to alliesforme.com. Uh, or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.